What was your least favorite thing about Dear White People Season 3? Everything. The ending, obviously, but the writing, it just was so... Everything was so um, underwhelming that the whole season itself was underwhelming. It seemed like it was way more rushed this season. You think so? It seems like they rushed, like, like them writing... It seemed like they was in their writing room writing the season and someone came in there. Hey, y'all, they said we got to get this to them three months sooner than we thought. And they're like, mm. oh, shit. And then they just hurry up and roll stuff because it was way more surface level and not as much depth this season. Where was the surface level in all of this? I feel like we explored a lot of things that ultimately felt, led to nothing. No, that's what I'm saying. They explored a lot of things, but they didn't lead to anything. and They didn't oh. go into depth really about it. They didn't go into... They made it seem like it was going to be very deep between Reggie and Joelle. Yep. And it didn't get as deep as you thought it was going to be. Mm-hmm. Sam, she's been the first two seasons. They always gave her a lot to work with. It wasn't that deep with her. She mm-hmm. was feeling a little sad about her father who had passed away. A little and bit. she had a conversation yeah. with her mother. And it, it was, was over. over. Yeah. Like, Coco, she was embarrassed by her mother. And then her mother came to visit. She had a conversation with her mother. It was over. But the fellowship took the whole season for Coco. That that part did. I mean, some things, of course, but most things wasn't. I think that Lionel seems like they was they went more into Lionel. Mm. It didn't seem deep though. Like they went into more of him. His he got more screen appetite. time. Yeah, his mm-hmm. sexual appetite. But to me, it seemed kind of surface level still though. Like it just, I felt like they got really deep into some shit before, and I'm sick and tired of the white guilt as well that Gabe has. Like. It's so, no one cares. And you know why it's even more annoying? Because then you're going to have the racists are going to watch Dear White People just to find something to say about it negative on Twitter. But there's nothing to say negative about it because nothing happened. I can guarantee you white people, racist white people will be able to go on Twitter and be like, quit with the white guilt. Not everything is awful. Like, they're going to find something like that. So quit with, I mean, I'm tired of the white guilt shit too. Remember we said we didn't think they would last that long, Gabe and her. Yeah, I I, I don't even even care about him in this I never cared about from the beginning I thought he was going to be like a one season character and they would like break up or whatever I don't I know how he, he lasted this long be on the first season yeah I mean I like them together to be honest I think it is cute I like the relationship I like that they so that was a highlight for me I like that they went into Mora on Gabe but that still felt kind of flimsy with his whole TA thing and like not mm. getting enough money, it still seemed kind of weak. Like it didn't have that much depth to it. I still. don't care that you donated twenty thousand dollars to the TAs. I really and, don't. And, and that they doesn't didn't absolve do anything me. about it this season either. Oh yeah, they didn't even they didn't even strike yet. They just showed this was so weird. So you know what this was? Wait. You know how they have like a climax of something? Yeah. This whole season was just building up to a climax. Yeah. And that, that's not TV. You have to have a climax in TV. Well, they built it like you said earlier, like having a. Um, a fall break of mid-season they, they did they made this like they was like they made it like they're having just a one month hiatus and they'll be back in like september with brand new episodes or something so like they, they what, what month like, are we in now oh august i think it probably won't be come back till december or january no this shit ain't coming back until probably what well, is no i know if this was built as a break a season break then it would come back in december or january is what i'm saying well but, yeah i mean it's just like yeah that's what i'm saying they made it like it's how to get away with murder yeah and they have 12 episodes the first part of the season 
they end it in November and then it comes back in January mm-hmm. normally. Like that's how they made it, but you know with Netflix they take I mean, they're white people. The last season came out in April of twenty eighteen and now we're in August of twenty nineteen. This oh. shit might not come back till like next November or something. Right. And now by that time, and then what makes it even worse? By the time it comes back, you forget everything that happens. You not because as, nothing um, happened. Like, well, no, but I'm saying because, no. I'm, I get what you're on, saying. On, we'll get to that. Okay. But be, the way Netflix does their their shows, their series, or whatnot is they put so much time in between each season mm. that even if a lot of stuff happened by the time you um. By the time you get to that next season, you either you don't feel as attached to it anymore because it's been so long since you saw it, and so it has to be great if it's gonna take that long. It it's has like what to. I always say, like with like Frank Ocean, he mm-hmm. very rarely ever makes music, yes. and so I'm like, if you're finally gonna make music now and it's taking you five years, your album has to be fire because everybody has been anticipating your music. So if you're gonna take five five years off of music. Whatever you drop has to be dope. Like Beyonce. Sure. I don't think Beyonce ever takes five years off of music. Though. Sorry, not five years. I think you said five months. But she does take... Well, five well, months is Well, like, no one can wait for Rihanna's next album to finally come. I think it's maybe so been two, three gonna, years at this point. Yeah, by the time it comes out, it's going to be probably four years. Because her last one came out in 2016. Yeah. Right at the end of 2019. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. So, but yeah, something like that. Like, Beyonce never goes too long without music. She drops it randomly. And you're right not now. expecting it, That's but she right. doesn't go too long. Like um, J Cole used to do that. It'd be two years before you heard music, but mm-hmm. because he has, because his each album has been almost better than the previous one in a lot of ways, it's fine. As long as it's a classic, long as it's dope. Like I wasn't expecting much from when Jay Z dropped four four four, but he dropped it, and that shit was a classic. So I was fine with it. But with Netflix series, dear white people, this shit came out in April of 2018. This new season didn't come out for a year and a half. It was underwhelming. Very you underwhelming be, for that long. You can't be underwhelming when you take that long. Anything to take, like, think about it. If it's Thanksgiving, y'all get to the house at 3, dinner ain't ready till 8 o'clock. Dinner better be Better fire. be good, because I'm hungry. Bruh, that shit better be fire as hell if I've sat here and waited for freaking five hours for food, like... You can't do that. If it's a basketball game, I mean, if it's a football game and it's in a weather delay and you sat there for two hours waiting and then the game starts and it's a boring-ass game, you know how pissed you're going to be? Imagine you like somebody for years all the way through, like, high school or something, and then you finally get a chance with them, and then you're like, damn, their breath stinks, they're boring, they have no conversation, mm-hmm. everything is whack about them. How disappointed are you going to be? Like, damn, I waited. All the way for eighteen Oof. years for this bullshit. Mm-hmm. All right, man. Like you see a, you see a. Um, and so Rihanna CD comes out. Say she has an album drop in November. It better be. Banging. And that shit's whack. That's gonna be really really sad. It, you know, it's gonna be two things. That might kill her career, honestly. But, but it could be two things that it may be whack, but people love her so much they're just grateful that she <laughs> dropped something, and they're gonna be like, I'm fine with it. I like Lil Wayne with the Carter Five. That shit was regular. Oh. It wasn't like great, but it wasn't bad. But people have been waiting for the Carter Five for I think five years, and it was just okay. Like it happened, it came out. We listened to it for a couple weeks, and we've moved on. So Rihanna, Rihanna, shit better be fire. <laughs> shit better be fire. Ooh.
Well, we can't now. So you've always thought about getting married? No. As a little girl, I did not dream about getting married as some people, or some women, whoever, some women, men, um, would... Because I could literally, I'm a very imaginative visual person, so I literally could not imagine like what my spouse would look like, what marriage looks like. I could obviously imagine what a wedding looks like because you see that in movies, you see that in Disney movies all the time. So it's very easy to imagine a wedding. I've never imagined being married. Now, the age that I started seriously, seriously considering wanting to be married was 20, hold on, I'm gonna say semi-serious was 23 very seriously so for two years yeah i never thought about marriage for real like on my own thinking about being married until i turned 30. oh so only a year well i turned 30 in 2018 so about a year and a half okay yeah i'm agreeing with you um, what happened at 30 that made you want to think just, about that? I think a lot of it is all of your friends started getting married now. So the first thing you think of is like, damn, am I supposed to be married? And you, so you mm. ask yourself that. But then you realize it's like, no, like everybody has their own journey. Maybe I won't get married. I just... Maybe. Maybe I just will never get married. Maybe that's not meant for everybody. And my mother gets mad when she hears that. You're going to get married, boy. You're going to have kids. I'm like, I might not. You sure might not. And I'm definitely might not have kids. And right? I'm tired of parents putting their wishes on us. Right. I mean, even having us as children is putting their wishes on us. Yeah. Fuck these kids, okay? Right. I'm fuck not them. trying to have kids. Fuck their pampers. Fuck their formula. Right. Fuck their daycare. Mm. Fuck labor. Mm. Fuck pregnancy. Mm. There's fuck nothing. Fuck waking up in the middle of the night. Right. Fuck having to feed them. Fuck with your friends hitting you up. Hey, you trying to go to Miami this weekend? No. Oh, I got the little one. I can't But your go. friends are not even going to ask you that because you know you have yep, kids. So you don't even gonna, get... No, they're asking to be nice. Oh, that's nice. Yeah, gonna, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, man, I wish y'all could, man. Yeah. But the little one's first grade graduation this weekend. You know, yeah. damn well you want to go to that whack-ass graduation. But sometimes parents be like, I really don't even want to go to whack-ass Miami. Like, sometimes parents are very happy with the life they lead. Yeah, that's how you know I'm not ready for kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> I'm not ready for kids because I know I can, I can afford myself mm-hmm. on my salary. Yep, I, I cannot afford, afford a, a extra child. person on this salary. That's poverty. And a child costs way more than a significant other. Way more, way more. <laughs> and a child don't bring in an income, but a significant other does. Man, kids are whack as hell. All they do is eat, shit, and sleep, and cause ha- havoc. So the other reason is I can't afford it. Um, I enjoy my sleep a yes. lot. And the fact that I have to wake up in the middle of the night and get way less sleep than I usually do really honestly scares me. Bruh, I, it makes me think my mother, so think my parents, we, so me and my sister in middle school used to have to catch the bus at, uh, well, my sister where I think was a freshman or a sophomore in high school when I was a, in sixth grade. Mm-hmm. So, but we still rode the first, the same school bus because we went to a, um, I'm telling it for the uh, podcast. She's trying to give me these look that I know this story, but I'm telling it for the podcast. Okay. <sighs> Lord, I'm telling y'all, these women is stressful. Is anyway, like, you rode the you. same school bus. They drain you of all your energy. Oh, I asked her to get off her phone, and she's in her Well, phone. you started telling a story that I already knew, so that's why I went over here. So, anyways, um, we 
don't even want to tell the story. We caught the same bus, and my mama would have to just wake up before we did, and it just seems like a lot of work. You see how she just took all my energy away? I was so excited to tell this story. You'll get over it. What's the greatest accomplishment of your life? Oh, my God. You know what it is, quite honestly and truly? Being able to have a full conversation without cutting somebody off. But I've never done that before. I don't think I've ever done You've that. Actually, I have. Ever. I've had. But it was a part of an activity to not to actively listen. That's a big fly. That's a grown fly. Anyway, my greatest accomplishment is forgiveness for myself and others. Any one particular moment? Not necessarily a moment, but maybe people. One particular. Okay. Well, I mean, a particular experience, particular person, or something. Well, forgiving both of my parents. Out. My par- Both of my parents. And I guess my stepmom, I wouldn't really say I forgave her. I think I just kind of don't care. <laughs> it's very apathy at this point. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, but forgiving my parents mostly. And then forgiving myself for a lot of different things. Well, I was going to say, I don't, well, I was going to say being the first man in my family to graduate from college. But now I want to like say something like deeper about a, like a personal journey type of thing but I'm very proud of being the first man in my father and my mother's family to graduate from college and do what after you graduate from college go to grad school yeah uh, get a second degree mm-hmm. I'm actually the first I think I'm the first person in my family period to have a master's degree as well so but you're not the first but you are the first man but you're not the only man to have a bachelor's degree so i'm the first man in the family to get a college degree Mm -hmm. and i say man because my sister got one before me Mm -hmm. and then my mother got one yeah before before me as well so that's why i say man but i'm the first person period in the family to get a master's degree are you the only person as well the oh oh yeah so wouldn't you be like i'm the first and only i'm sure i I might be though. I never thought about that. Because actually. if you're the first, then if and no one else has come after you to get a master's degree, then yeah, you're the only one as well. Yeah, I think I am the only one in my family to get a master's degree. So that's actually, huh? Yeah, I yeah. I, I, I guess I am. That's dope. Yeah. Huh? But you don't want a doctorate. Don't be. Don't don't come to me. Um, what I've learned is from just I've learned a lot from conversations doing podcasts just because um, I want the conversation to be hella genuine and very organic while we're talking so there's so many times where you make one statement and then I have like three different questions it's just like just just a second ago when I asked you um, would you want to move back to Oklahoma and then you had, like, you started thinking, yeah. I legit had more questions. Like, well, if you had the choice, so where would you go? So why don't you just write them down? Oh, my God. No, I know I just cut you off. But the thing is, so Will. You said it was antagonizing. You literally, <laughs> sorry. I didn't notice that. Thank you. But, so why don't you just write them down? So my next statement was, because I have You can't be of, mad that I just cut you off because you literally. Said because mad? you don't have to be mad. You can feel some type of way. But the thing is, she asked me a question, and then you just started talking. I never even got to answer her you, question. I'm sorry, I thought she was talking to both of us. I apologize. She I'll looked dead at me up. and said, "Do I have? Is there a math to this? Do I have to ask three extra questions?" And I was about to answer it, and you started talking. Go ahead. So, as someone to answer your question, what I like to do is say, um, 
maybe I may say I felt this way as well. If the, if it seems like they want me to expound, I'll expound. It really depends on your relationship. Or if it's not as close a relationship as I it, as I think it could be, I will just integrate interject and be like, "Do you want my advice?" Then I would talk about my personal experience, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So you probably don't have to ask three other questions, but you know, depending on the relationship, you may want to preface what you're about to say because some pe- sometimes people just want to unload on you because they trust I, you. I get that. Yes, I definitely can capture when someone's just needing to vent. And as someone who also does podcasts, I understand wanting to ask other questions, which is why, yes, I would be starting, I have to start recording next week. I understand wanting to like ask questions as someone is talking. Mm -hmm. However, a conversation doesn't have to be, uh, cutting someone off in a conversation or wanting to ask continual questions while someone is still going through a narrative Mm -hmm. doesn't necessarily have to be, that's not the definition of organic. You can write down your questions and come right back to them in the podcast when it's done what's wrong will you just got up well, and left okay. so obviously something is bothering you i don't want to mess up your organic conversation oh my gosh please come back we need you, you know, she conversation. made the points that i would try to make so it's fine come back please mm-hmm. i can't Y'all keep talking i came to recording. sukasa it's recording isn't that your casa yeah i can't to... it's two casa so you could say sukasa to... too i came to two casa Okay, so if we're, but what if it's like not podcast? So this is organic conversation. Am I writing down my questions or am I telling them up in my head? Like, what if I have, because sometimes I hate when people move on in a story. And I don't know if it's that, if that's selfish, but mm. I'm like, I really want to know more. But you didn't, you didn't expand on it without me having to ask. So now it's me asking is that poking at a bear? Like, because even in conversations with people that I'm interested in, I'll find myself like asking questions, and I'm like, dang, I know they're like, this is a pop quiz. But <laughs> I'm just so curious, and I'm like, I'm involved in the conversation, I'm engaged. I just don't want you to think that you know I'm overbearing. I'm I'm the same exact way because I'm curious and I want to get to know about people. And so you mentioned like, what if it's poking? Yeah. Just be like, can I can I can I ask you or do you mind? Yeah. Blah blah blah. They could easily be like. I don't really want to delve into that. Mm-hmm. Like that's not important right now. Whatever. But I think you still could. You should ask your question or whatever. Um, but we said if it's outside of a podcast, you can write it down. You can keep it in your head. You can be like, oh, I have a question for you when you're done. Whatever okay. you want to do. Like if you if you want to just circle back around because mm-hmm. you want more. Like you're we're getting to know each other. Yeah. So I think that's fine if you do that. I think um, people will tell you when you are um, asking too much Um, and because I'm such a curious person I always am like this may be a personal question or can I ask you this I always deflect in that way okay interesting so yeah okay okay. again I learned most of this from a social worker so I'm sure you will learn these things for sure for sure definitely learning how to communicate is big um for me, I think in the social work aspect of things, it's more so reading, you know, reading the room, like understanding how your questions are impacting someone, mm. understanding like the emotion that's inflicted in the story that's being presented at the moment. Um, so it's definitely, it's interesting for sure. But I kind of try to think of it like even, I've been trying to think of it in more of a counseling sense mm-hmm. as well. Like when you're in a session with someone, because I, I go to counseling, I believe in counseling. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that everyone should go and not like, because you're crazy, but I think it's refreshing. It's very, I think it's a necess- necessary. Mm-hmm. Um, but 
when a counseling perspective, I sometimes get annoyed when I'm in a session and he's giving me a story about his life. And I'm like, what? Do I, <laughs> do I tell my counselor, mm, I really don't care? <laughs> or thanks for this um, oddly similar situation. <laughs> so do his stories help you with your, with his, your events? His stories definitely give me perspective. Um, so I guess that's productive. But sometimes I'm like, you take away from my time. <laughs> like, you know, I only have so much time. I need stuff that I need to get through. Um, so I also try to think of it in that sense. Like, if I were to go into counseling, I want to make sure that I'm also like, do I sit there stiff? And Because my friend mm. has a counselor who sits there and doesn't say anything. It's just like, okay. I had a counselor like that, too. I so didn't like, like it. So it's just like, you know, trying to figure out that middle ground. Like, where can we go? And then when you have a counselor who likes to tell you stories and keep track of time, it's like, dang there's no how you keep track of time and tell me a story that's rude that's really hard because <laughs> my counselor before this so I try my best to always have black women be my counselors okay, so the counselor so this past counselor mm-hmm. was the like I'm not going to say anything and let you lead your own journey I don't like that I, I need you to tell me what to do period fool. my counselor before that she gave me homework she did give me stories but I think I've always been the type to learn from other people or to appreciate to, yeah. to try and understand their perspective and see if that could apply to my life and my situation. Sure. And she was also a black woman. So mm-hmm. I could connect very well. So I really appreciated when she would do that because I like connected with the the theories she was using or whatever, the method she was using easier. I appreciated that. With you, I know you mentioned like I'm losing my time with you. I don't know, you know, if it's I, I think if if I was you, the nice way around it I would be like is is just to like you know, in my, in my therapy, I I don't think personal stories really do it for me. I really just see like more just direct to do or mm-hmm. whatever you need. I respect that. Um, and then also mention like I just want to make sure that I can we that I can use as much time as I I want. Mm-hmm. And from what I found with just following therapists and social workers on Instagram. They aren't as sensitive in terms of their work as we think they may be. Because we're looking, this you're a person. I know you're yeah. my therapist, but you're my person. I don't want to make you feel bad by saying I don't care about your stories. Yes. But they really do care about making sure that you're getting the best out of it. Um, and they're going to try to adapt to what you need. Yes. It, they may not be successful, but I think if you were to say that to him in a nice way, or mm-hmm. I just said him, I don't Listen. know. Um, say that to him in a nice way, he, he could probably take it, you know, without... Um, being sensitive about it or taking offense to it and then adapt to best suit your needs as a patient so how do you go about making sure you have a black woman is that like a it's hard how do you how do you preface that um it's hard to search and and at the job i work at now they for staff they don't have a lot of um exactly uh counselors of color that i can use Mm -hmm. um so that was really hard um, but it's just you have to look. I mean, there is like a black female therapist directory. Mm-hmm. Um, you can use that. Um, but just what I think the first place to go is always wanting to use your healthcare provider, your insurance. If if you can find a therapist that uses your insurance, that's easiest. That's the cheapest option. Mm-hmm. Most therapists actually don't take insurance. What? Um, but it's not I as expensive not as you think. Yeah. Um, so if you so then I would just probably Google like. I would use the directory, and then I would try and find therapist directories in the area that you mm-hmm. live in and see if there's any black w- women. I mean, I just went and tried to find a black 
OBGYN. And so I, I used my insurance and I looked at the providers. Then I, they only gave me names, not pictures. So I Googled every provider yeah. that they had, found a black woman. She wasn't taking any new patients. Excuse me. Oh, excuse me. Um, she wasn't taking any new patients, but at her same clinic, there was a woman, not a black woman, but there was a woman, um, and I decided to go with her instead. So I try my best to find black women and everything, but sometimes it's hard. I have a coworker. Um, she's above me. I don't know. Do you call coworkers people who are superior? I never really get that. Well, they're, they're not your boss, are they? No. I would say that's my coworker then. Interesting. Mm-hmm. But then, I guess if they have a specific title, like cater to, like if it's the director, you wouldn't call your director your your coworker. Yes, I would. Interesting. Maybe in, if if I a colleague of mine. Yeah, if I was talking there. to someone specifically who needed to know that was a director, I would say this is the director of so and so. But if if I'm just talking to any old person or just a friend that doesn't know the context, I'd be like my colleague. I never. I always feel weird when people call superiors colleagues. Or call, like, my superiors, my colleagues. I think the word I focus on is, like, peer. Because technically, so I wouldn't call ah, someone above me my peers, but okay. I would call them my colleague or my coworker. Okay, okay. Yeah. I see that. Um, but <laughs> I have a colleague who is, who only uses um, black um, physicians, mm. whether female or male. But I thought that was pretty interesting as well. Um, being at HBCU and then only having desire to work with um, black business people. So mm-hmm. I was like, interesting. I was like, I never thought about that. And being in the military, it's like you get what you get. Mm. Uh, not being in the military, but being a military child, mm-hmm. independent. Um, it's kind of like, you know, it is what it is. You never really pick and choose. So I kind of mm. thought that was interesting. I guess you could, but I never thought about it. Yeah, it, it started for me mostly because... Um, I mean, like, religiously, I only want to be seen by a woman anyway. Okay. But, I mean, okay. in the in the healthcare industry, mm-hmm. I mean, you know black women are discriminated very much so oh, against, sure. to the point where it's detrimental to our health. So if I can be, if I can be seen by a black woman who understand, who I can assume understands my experience, I'm going to, I'm going to do that. Mm-hmm. That's healthier for me. That's safer for me. I respect that. That's real true, because actually... <laughs> This is going to be TMI. <laughs> oh, Lord. <laughs> but um, <laughs> I had an issue, and I went to the nurse at my primary, and she's a white woman, and I continuously, well, mm. I guess it's not even, I really don't think race is brought into it, but, because I think the person who actually diagnosed me was a white woman as well in the emergency mm. room. But I had an issue, and she kept just blowing up. She's like, no, you're fine. You know, just wait and see how it goes. And I was like no like this is not normal mm-hmm. and then I went to the um, emergency room and I ended up finding out that I had a yeast infection but it just I just knew that something was what wrong. was what were the symptoms you were telling the white lady like I was telling her I was or like, the other I was like it lady. hurts like like I'm burning like I'm peeling I'm like I'm telling her all this stuff and it's just like I'm like and she said it's fine yeah she's like just you know see how it goes like you know I'm just like no why are you why are you like this this was um, where what am I trying to ask? This was a nurse or a doctor? Yeah, this was a nurse, and that's another thing that bothers me. Like, I understand doctors are busy, but I I was upset that I couldn't speak to my primary. I was like, I just went to speak to the primary. Yeah. Like, you went to the emergency room for that. Yeah, that means you had to pay more money yeah. just for her. She could have told you that along because yeast infections are like. It was a UTI because you yeah. said you were burning. Yeah. Yeast infections are nothing. So the fact that you had to pay all that money just to find out it was a yeast infection when somebody could have just told you that yeah. the first time. 
she's, she's an interesting woman. Because even when I first met her, I had told her my name was Shantae. And she was like, huh, what was your mom thinking? You probably, That's what she said. You were probably saying, what was my mom thinking? And I was like, no, I actually wasn't. You know, I really, I really wasn't thinking that. But I'll make sure to pass that message along. <laughs> like, I don't, I don't know where you want this to go. But, yeah, I never really thought about having a black physician or a black woman in either as well. So that's pretty, that's interesting. I like that. Mm, yeah. I like that concept. Me uh, too. I wish supporting. I could do all black things all Honestly. the time. <laughs> Honestly, though. Yeah. Honestly. We need a black, well, I guess Atlanta's a black capital. But we need a black, <laughs> a black location that we can just take over. Or, you know, just, just go to Africa, you know. <laughs> Can we just ship all the white people? <laughs> Where would we ship oh, back to Europe? Yeah. Let's, I don't even care. Let's put them on the island. What's that prison that's on the island? Okay, is that uh, which, Alcatraz? <laughs> oh, my God. Is that too extreme? Um, no offense. I'm around being recorded. <laughs> yes, can you stop this at some point? Thank you. 